Yeah, there's a sense of real that the rest of us, by many of these folks at least, that the rest of us are really held in real disdain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that they are, you know, they're magnificent somehow, mm. uh, and the rest of us aren't. And so there is a there is a kind of uh, component to this. It's not, I and mean, I try to stress this in the book, both for the earlier projects in the 60s and 70s, but also for a lot of the projects happening today, which you've talked about on your program. This is not just about tax havenry and hiding money and so on and so forth. They have a, they have tons of lawyers. They can find ways to yeah. hide their money. It's not that hard. I mean, it, it really is an ideological project. Um, and it's a project that's embedded in different uh, kinds of deeply flawed ideas about humanity. <laughs> Well, maybe we can go back to some of those projects in the 60s. I know that that sure. was like basically yeah. the heyday for some of this stuff. The crazy 68, big year for radicals of all stripes. Mm-hmm. And big I got to say, 60s and early 70s was a was a was a, a really fantastic time period for people of all political stripes to leave uh, maybe the place that they were living in, and join an ill-advised uh, uh, trek or perhaps a commune or maybe even a people's temple somewhere out uh, in a remote area and where things uh, eventually go wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely. I, one of the things I try to stress is that it's it's the, you know, it's the rise or the sort of heyday of the new left, but it's also the heyday of this kind of libertarian right. Um, and as much as we remember it as the age of Aquarius. We could also remember it as the age of Atlantis. Atlantis is the touchstone kind of symbol uh, for the libertarians of the 60s and the 70s. And it really is a kind of age of Atlantis. Um, there's a multitude of these kinds of projects. Some of the earlier ones, one I mentioned in passing that you know always gets a, a, a good laugh is uh, Ernest Hemingway's younger brother, Les- Lester Hemingway, who in 1964 uh, took a raft and, and attached it to a Ford engine block and uh, anchored the raft off the coast of Jamaica in what was international waters and essentially declared that he had just created New Atlantis and half the raft was New Atlantis, his own sort of private country. And then the mm-hmm. other half, he encouraged birds to defecate on it and then um, ceded it symbolically to the United States under the 1856 Guano Islands Act. Um, and so there's this kind of, you know, this one is very humorous, uh, and, and Lester Hemingway, you know, clearly felt like he lived in the shadow of his brother. Um, (laughs) also, you know what also blew his brains out too. Uh, oh, so I think that's right. He, he was very ill late in life in their early eighties. That's right. I think he also ended his own life. That's right. Um, but then you have subsequent projects. The, you know, there were a couple of projects that I look at very briefly that, you know, happened around Florida and so forth. And I won't go into detail about those, but um, Werner Stiefel, who's mm-hmm. a, a soap mm-hmm. engineer, pharmaceutical engineer, whose family had fled Nazi Germany and lived in upstate New York. He attempted to uh, create in the Caribbean on a ship, on a kind of barge, uh, a new Atlantis. And then the person who I look at quite closely, Michael Oliver, who was Jewish from Lithuania, um, the only person in his family in his immediate family to survive the Holocaust and, and moved to Nevada and uh, set up a land company and a gold and silver exchange company um, and became fairly wealthy in the 1960s and was quite concerned by what he saw happening around him, understandably so. I mean, he was you know, quite attentive to how the political situation uh, for him could turn at any point. And so he, he began to 
think about how one might start a new country. And he wrote a little book called A New Constitution for a New Country. And it became a kind of underground bestseller um, and inspired a lot of fairly wealthy people uh, to invest in his projects. And they would become investors that would span the 1970s. From 1968 to 1980, there's a series of projects that Oliver engages in. Um, and so he uh, essentially has these backers uh, working for him right, and funding him at that time. So I know with, with Oliver in particular, he starts something called the Phoenix Foundation, uh, which seems to be uh, sort of the main funding mechanism in the way that, as we talked about in a previous episode, Pronomos Capital seems to be for <laughs> yeah. a lot of the uh, sort of yes. like uh, goofy neo-reactionary uh, versions, or not goofy, but well, sort of depressing neo-reactionary. Goofy. goofy also. Yeah, you know what? It's like Fair a enough. sad goofy. NFTs, if, if, <laughs> yes. if, if NFTs loom large in your political project, then I'm yeah. sorry, it's definitionally goofy. Um, but uh, but the Phoenix Foundation seems to be uh, uh, sort of his fundraising uh, and coordination mechanism for uh, for a lot of the projects that Oliver engages in, and I found that such an interesting name for foundation. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, namely because, as I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, uh, several members who are involved in at least one of the projects were uh, veterans or at least uh, uh, adjacent to the actual Phoenix project in Vietnam, which was the uh, the project of assassination and torture on yeah. uh, suspected, uh, you know, uh, North Vietnamese agents in South Vietnam. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it also seems to also carry with it the very obvious symbolism of a, uh, of uh, death in sort of a, a, a fiery way and then rebirth from the ashes, uh, yeah. which is kind of typical of on the nose libertarian symbolism. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Oliver's, Oliver's career trajectory and all of this, I think is, is really fascinating um, because he seems to be both the most the, ener- the most energetic of the uh, of the people who are engaged in these prod- projects, and also seems to have gotten the furthest. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's right. He certainly, I think his project certainly got the most attention. And Reason Magazine, mm. you know, that comes out of the Cato Institute, and probably mm-hmm. the most important libertarian. Our- Sort of broad-based libertarian. Magazine. Yeah, our, we're number one our, subscribers. Our, our sponsors. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 